0: Welcome to the Connect Your Health to Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I'm a master certified life coach and published author with a decade-long background working in the health, wellness, and fitness industry as a personal trainer, nutrition specialist, and life coach. If you're anything like me or the clients that I work with, then you might be struggling with some confidence issues or struggling with feeling like you're not living your most fulfilling or authentic life. You may be trying to figure out why you have these amazing desires for what your most fulfilling life would look like, but you can't seem to create consistent action in your life to reflect those desires. So join me as we dive in deep on what it means to truly live a fulfilled and authentic life from the inside out. We're going to look from the perspective of an empowered mindset and uncover some of the reasons why you might be what's holding yourself back from living that most fulfilling life. But don't worry, this isn't about blame, guilt, or shame. This is about empowering you to see. I'm going to break through some of the biggest illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way. And I'm so excited to have you with me on this journey. So my only question for you is, Are you ready to start living your most fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you listening in for the first time, welcome, welcome. You picked a fascinating episode to listen in on. Um, I am going to say that if you're listening in for the first time, that I would recommend you go back because... This is today the third part of a three-part series that we are having on authenticity and health. And what that means is that if you listen in today, um, you're going to be missing out on the first two episodes of this series that kind of prepared you for what we're going to talk about today. So if this is your first time listening in, And you have not listened, or if this is like your 50th, 60th time listening in, but you haven't listened to part one or part two of this three-part series, I'm going to ask that you pause this episode here because it is an amazing episode and I want you to get as much out of it as you can. And in order to be able to do so, I would suggest going back and listening to part one and part two first before listening in on part three here. So just hit pause, go back, listen to those first two episodes, and then rejoin us here at part three, um, where I'm going to finish out our three part series. So today, as I just said, we end our three part series on the topic of authenticity in health. Uh, Just a quick recap, if you remember the first part of the series, we talked about what it looks like when people are inauthentic in their choices with their health. And it's usually based in people-pleasing or trying to gain a perception of more value or worth through external validation or approval. Um, It's about receiving a certain type of perceived attention from someone or from a group of people externally It's based in uh, socially programmed or external beliefs that we have internalized, and we can recognize quickly um, whether or not these uh, goals or choices that we're making with our health are authentic or if they are inauthentic by the language that we use surrounding our decisions about our health. So we can look for phrases similar to quote-unquote should or quote-unquote have to or quote-unquote need to. When we recognize this sort of language surrounding choices that we're making or goals that we have with our health, then it's almost a sure sign that our choices and our goals are not based in authenticity so go back and listen to part 1 of this episode or of this this series if you want a little bit more on that and how to recognize the inauthenticity in our choices that we're making in health so that's what part 1 was about After discussing all of this, we moved on to the second part of our discussion, which was about what it looks like when we do choose authenticity in our choices and goals surrounding our health. We talked about how it was not so much about what the goals or choices are, but it was about why we are choosing them, and that this is what... Um, you know, applying authenticity to our health choices is about. I talked with you all about an example from my own life when it came to my choices about using the gym as a way to build muscle and strengthen my body. I told you all about how in the beginning my goal was entirely based in this sort of should language or have to or need to. It was based in me gaining approval or getting opinions from other people That I wanted to have about myself. Um, But they were opinions that I wasn't allowing myself to believe about myself. So I had convinced myself that I needed this external approval and attention to be able to believe or feel what I wanted to believe and feel about myself the whole entire time. And basically, I hated myself. And the entire journey was about me hoping to get to this place where enough external approval or attention and the right kind of attention and approval would, quote unquote, allow for me to start loving and respecting myself the way that I wanted to. Um, I then went on to tell you all about how I I took a break from going to the gym and I went to work uh, on looking at my goals and my choices with my health and i chose to not use the gym until i was able to see why i wanted to do it for me in an authentic way not for approval not for improving my worth or validation or or for seeking attention and i told you all that once i figured out why i wanted to take care of my body and my health and i aligned it authentically with what i wanted for my life that the goals themselves or the choices themselves, they didn't really change much. That wasn't about what the authenticity was about. What changed was my why I was doing it. And that was so important because it completely changed how I showed up to take action and what energy that action was actually coming from. It changed the urgency that I was feeling to get somewhere to feel better about myself, and it changed it to a steadfast, this steadfastness, this um, compassion. This So it basically became this compassionate journey of choices that were already about loving myself as I am and being with myself in every step of that journey with that compassion, with that patience, with that steadfastness, and with excitement to keep showing up unstoppably because it was no longer about this resistance, this restriction, this deprivation. So we talked about last week in part two, how I aligned my goals and my choices with authenticity. It was about bringing up my choices and and seeing them and then seeing my goals and taking them back to my authentic values, my life purpose, and my core sensitivities. It was all about me seeing my choices and my goals as an expression of, of my purpose, my values, and my sensitivities. And this was what made my actions unstoppable, what made it possible to be 100% present in my journey with love instead of having this urgent false desire to hurry up and run away from where I am to get somewhere in hopes to escape how I felt about myself. So I could feel what I wanted to feel about myself right now, at any point in time in the journey, and throughout my journey of learning ways that I can express more of who I already am, and do it more deeply and abundantly through my life, including my health. That was what the journey was about. It wasn't about proving anything to anyone. It was it was about showing up without hiding, without trying to escape my full human experience. And this brings us to today. Today, where we finish this three-part series on authenticity and health. And what I want to share today is all about why this is so important for us to not just brush off and be like, oh yeah, yeah, that would be nice, okay, whatever, (laughs) and then go back to doing things the way we're doing it. No, I want to show you all why this is so important for us to begin to pay attention to, and create change for ourselves in this area, and the way we're showing up, the way we're looking at our health goals, the way we're creating them, and how we're showing up for them. And I I really want to stop this, this negative relationship, this emotionally wounded relationship that so many of us have with our health, and our body, most of us have so much internal trauma surrounding how we look at ourselves and our bodies and our health. And we, a lot of people don't even realize that they have this internalized trauma because they're so busy brushing off. Oh no, I'm not traumatized. You know, like uh, you know, diminishing the the internal trauma of of all of the times that they've tried to make changes with their health, that they've thought that there was something wrong with them, or that they needed to hurry up and change something about their body and their health for you know someone else's approval, someone else's attention, or for whatever reason that had nothing to do with what they wanted for their life. And then they felt stuck and not being able to do that and maybe even gave up on trying and just like, you know what, what, I'm going to quote unquote and just enjoy my life and eat whatever they want and not exercise and just be like, yeah, whatever, you know, my body, I love it. But really, they're not taking care of their body. What they're doing is avoiding looking at their trauma, looking at their wounding and looking at their health and what they actually want to do with it. We have so much of this internal trauma surrounding this and we have so much internalized these images of conditional worth that the media and other people present to us of, of what is beautiful, what is healthy, what is strong, and what is a worthy human body, and what it quote-unquote should look like. And I know so many people out there, including people listening to this episode right now, maybe even probably even you, and, and including myself, we're feeling so raw, so triggered, so so damaged and resistant to looking at this area of our life. We feel like, what's the point? Or we feel like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that again. Or like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've done that before. Screw that. I'm over. I'm overlooking at that. I'm just going to enjoy my life. And we, we think we already know what the outcome of this exploration will be. And that's what we're bas- basing this decision to resist or just give up on. And the truth is that we, we don't actually know what it's like to look at our health through the lens of authenticity. What we believe is that if we look at our health, that we will quote unquote have to come face to face with either how unhealthy or gross or unkept or damaged our body or us are or how lazy we are and that we will quote unquote have to feel guilty or remorse or regret or shame and then quote unquote have to hurry up and find this quick fix solution to run away from those feelings to a place where we're allowed to love ourselves again and that that's what we think look at our health is, or or taking a look at what we want to do with our health, what that journey actually is. This is what the the image that we have of what that leads to. Or many of us believe that that we we've gone the, to this new sort of trend of self-care and and self-love that's all about just giving into urges and pampering ourselves. And it's all about comfort, 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 and you know, indulgence, indulgence, indulgence. So a lot of us also might be believing that that loving ourselves means just not caring about our health, just being like, "Oh yeah, whatever happens happens," and just giving in to urges and feeling out of control of them and just letting them run our life and determine our health for us and then be like, "Oh, why is this happening to me? Why is my body falling apart? Oh, life sucks and oh, I'm just going to keep enjoying it while I can and I'll die young." And you know, th- we we live these very disempowered stories of what our health is about. We either just give up on it totally, or it's all about this resistance, restriction, deprivation, and guilt, and remorse, and shame. And we feel like these are the options that we have when it comes to, you know, what what we have for the options for our health and for how we care about our bodies. And we believe it's just, it's too painful. Like I said, it's too restrictive. It's too hopeless. It's too useless. It's too depriving, and a lot of us feel like we're just broken. And that, that you know, good health is for those few special people with the right genetics and the right amount of willpower that that we don't have, you know? And it's just for those people out there. So many of us have these disempowered, deflated stories about ourselves and our relationship with our bodies. And we have so much fear and resistance to opening up to see that maybe there's more possibility of change that we actually want in this area. Not that we have to do, not that we should do, but that we want. And I'm here to tell you that there is a way to approach this, this whole entire area of our life that is completely different, that is about genuine want. There is empowerment, an exciting possibility for all of us, and what choices that we can make and maintain when it comes to how we show up for our health, how you show up for your health, and for your body in this life. We talked about what that looks like last week. And this week, I want to talk with you all about why this is not something you just want to brush off in fear or in apathy or in hopelessness. This, what I want to talk about today, is at the very core of living a fulfilling life. That you are designed for, my friends. Not just some people in this world. You are designed for that fulfilling life. And this, what we're going to talk about today, is at the very core of of, of how to do that. It's at the very core of why you are even in this life. So I promise that this here is not something, what we've been talking about over the the last three weeks and we're talking about this week, is not something that you don't want to pay attention to. You want to pay attention to this. I promise you that. So today, I want to talk with you all about a few benefits, the reasons we, that we want to put this into practice in our own lives. By this, I mean putting authenticity at the center of our health goals and choices. And what I'm going to talk about today are some of the benefits that I hear from my clients when they, you know, clients when they begin doing this for themselves. These are also benefits that I've learned by putting this into practice in my own life. Um, the, these are also benefits I've seen in colleagues or friends' lives when, when they begin to put this into practice in their life. So these are just some of the benefits. There are m- many, many more. And every person also has some very unique benefits that that maybe other people, when they start choosing to live using authenticity for their health goals might not experience so much, but they'll have their own set of authentic benefits. But these are some of the, the more universal seen uh, benefits that I see in, in my clients and in myself and in my own life and in friends and colleagues. So starting at, at the very beginning, the I think the one that is most important to talk about, but because of the fact that we live or we've become so focused on external validation as a society, it's also the one that maybe gets overlooked so when it comes to how we take care of our body, that we are living in for this lifetime, our relationship with how we care for it is so closely related to the relationship we have with our self-image. Who we believe we are, what we believe we are worth. I get, I get clients coming to me. All of the time. And they swear in the beginning, that when they start working with me, that they have a strong sense of self-worth. They don't have self-worth issues. They don't have self-image issues. And they they promise that they have no issues with, you know, hating themselves or or having a a low self-esteem. But then when we look at areas of their life where they're not showing up in the ways that they wish to be showing up, it almost always comes out that the reason why... They haven't been doing this has to do with how much they see themselves or how little they see themselves as being worth the time investment or energy investment to prioritize their own life and how they're showing up in it first before they get out there and try and prove their worth to other people by people-pleasing and trying to change the people around them or trying to help people around them change, trying to help other people do things before they look at their own life and what they're doing in it. And this includes how they show up for their health, how much they prioritize their rest and their sleep, how much they prioritize making time in their schedule to, to make and eat healthy whole foods that make them feel alive and strong and vital in their body. It shows up in how little they prioritize scheduling time to intentionally move their body in a way that keeps it strong and flexible and full of stamina. My friends, having a low self-worth does not always show up as someone looking timid around other people. It doesn't always show up as as someone who talks badly about themselves. It doesn't always show up in the ways we relate and, and talk with other people. It can show up in ways that we don't show up for ourselves. Most of the times we see this this image of of what low self-esteem, low self-worth and and uh, a bad self-image looks like and and we get this idea that these these people out there that are just loud and maybe appear a bit arrogant and are selfish we think that like that's people with high self-worth and high self-esteem but that's actually no that's not true that's not it's actually the exact opposite and people being timid and and shy and you know talking negatively about themselves that's not the only way that low self-worth low self-image shows up it also shows up in what we don't choose to prioritize in our time for taking care of ourselves and so this is one of the first and the biggest benefits that i see when people start applying authenticity to the choices that they're making for their health is that We get to, by doing so, repair that relationship with our self-image, with our self-worth that we think is still intact because we think, you know, oh, I don't have low self-image. You know, I, you know, I talk to people, I I have friends and I don't, I don't talk bad about myself. I don't hate myself. And, you know, so many people, but most often this low self-image doesn't show up in those ways. Where I see it showing up the most is in the parts of our lives where no one but us sees. It shows up in the opportunities that we reject to prioritize and schedule time spent to help us take care of ourselves in the most authentic way we can. It shows up in how often we convince ourselves that it is better to people please and say yes to someone else or just keep pushing ahead, helping others, and hope that they eventually give us time to help ourselves, or that they will turn around and help us, it shows up in those ways. These are expressions of low self-worth, my friends. And when we become authentic in our choices of how we want to care for our body and health, we begin to repair that relationship that we have with our self-image and our self-worth. We begin reminding ourselves that it's not selfish to prioritize this time and to do this for ourselves. In fact, it's one of the least selfish things that we can do to express to the world and to the people that we love just how important it is to show up for ourselves and create that authentic that, that authentic health that we want in our lives. We become a living model of permission. We become an example of what is possible there. We don't do this to take away from the importance of others, but to remind others to remember for themselves how important they are and that their health is and to show up for it authentically for themselves. And as we do this, we repair a relationship of trust with ourselves as the inner wounded version of ourselves that we rejected over and over again for the sake of other people and gaining their approval and their acceptance and and worth through their validation, as that wounded part of us begins to see that we see them and we're choosing to be there for them now, we reestablish a relationship of love and trust with ourselves that makes us unstoppable in showing up for ourselves, even when other people might misunderstand us through their lens of people-pleasing and conditional worth that is based in other people's validation. We'll have this internal peace and steadfastness to, to just show up for ourselves anyways. I see with my clients a lot of them being able to peacefully release comments or internalize beliefs from others because they see clearly now the lens that these people are seeing them through is one of of people-pleasing and conditional worth. And they see this because it was the one that they used to look at themselves through. And now they know for themselves, it's not their truth anymore. And they can simply see the thought, see the belief, hear the comment, hear the idea, and instead of internalizing it and making it true for them again, they can peacefully just release it. Return to sender. With love and compassion. And this is to me as a coach, this is the biggest and most important benefit of allowing authenticity to be at the center of our health goals and choices. There are some other big ones we're going to talk about today that are, I mean, so, so important. But to me, I think this is the most important is that we get that opportunity to repair that relationship. And I get that we live in a world where this relationship with ourselves is so overlooked and so underrated and so misunderstood and often thought of as something that is is—it's just like maybe an added bonus in life for the lucky that that already have everything out there in place. And then they have the time and the, the luxury of repairing that relationship with themselves. But I'm here to tell you that, no, that's the most important thing. We need that first before we start showing up and trying to make all these changes out there. You know, I've been trying to show you all since the beginning of the podcast that this relationship that we have with ourselves is literally the only, the only important thing to look at until we have looked at it and begun the process of healing there. Choosing authenticity to be at the center of your choices and goals anywhere in your life, but also with your health can become your way into looking at that relationship and starting that healing process. Okay, so that's benefit number one. Benefit number two our health touches every aspect of our life. So being authentic here impacts every part of our life. This is another way that we benefit here. Our health choices impact literally every other area of our life, how we show up in relationships whether it be family, friendships, work-related, casual relationships, romantic relationships, how we relate to people, even people we don't know, how we show up for those relationships is directly impacted by our health. When our body is feeling energetic, alive, rested, taken care of, full of nutrients, pain-free, vital, free to move, full of strength, We show up in our lives and how we talk to other people in a completely different way, how we relate to other people in a completely different way. We come from a space of abundance instead of a space of scarcity. But not just relationships are touched here. Our work that we do in the world, whatever that might be, the way we choose to show up and contribute in the world from that space of enoughness from that space of a healed relationship with ourselves, our health directly impacts how we show up from that space and contribute. Because remember, it's not that we, we don't help others. That's not what I was trying to say by the last point when I say prioritize our relationship with ourselves. It's not that we don't help others or contribute to the lives of others when we prioritize ourselves. It's actually quite the opposite. And that's what's crazy. Most people out there are like, oh, no, I'm not that selfish to prioritize myself. When we prioritize ourselves, our cup is finally full and overflowing And then we actually have something, we finally have something authentic to show up with and contribute that doesn't have these strings of debt attached to them, these expectations to get something in return, even if that something in return is just attention or approval that's not even attached. It doesn't matter to us anymore. We just have this abundance overflowing and we're like, yes, I'm here to show up for you. I've got this. Here, take some of this. Take some of that. Here, I've got this to offer. I've got this to contribute. And we don't want anything back because guess what? We get to go back to ourselves and fill that up ourselves. We know how to do it. We don't need other people to do it for us. So we can contribute in a genuine and abundant way when we have first prioritized ourselves and authentically taking care of our health not from the inauthentic, should, have to, need to version that we've all been taught. When we are in that space of abundance where we have prioritized ourselves, we have taken care of our health from that authentic space, the options that we have of how we are physically capable of showing up on our bodies is so much more expansive. When we have rested, strong, vibrant bodies to show up with, then the ways we choose to show up and contribute at work and our communities and our circles of influence, those ways are so dramatically different. So this is another huge benefit of being authentic with our health. Because when we're authentic with our health, we show up for it unstoppably. It's not one of these Oh, I'm in this, I know I'm I'm fasting right now, I'm dieting right now, and I'm so restricted, and I'm so tired, and I hate myself, and I hate my life, and I'm trying to get away from it, I don't have time for other people right now, and I'm just, oh, I'm so, oh, so deprived, and, you know, when we come from this space, you know, and that's how we take care of our health, of course we don't want to help other people, and of course, when we do contribute, we're doing it from a space of tiredness, of of lack, of resistance, we're coming at it from a space of scarcity, and so then anytime we do contribute, we expect, no, I need something back now. Oh, I've overextended myself to contribute here, so now you owe me. We, we come to con- contribution with this you owe me mentality when we come from that inauthentic space of taking care of our health. Because we're taking care of our health at the expense of our own health. And I'm here to tell you, when we come at it from an authentic way, that's not what happens. And then we get to show up in how we contribute in the world because we prioritize our own health in an authentic way. We get to show up with this level of abundance that, that hardly ever gets seen with this authentic contribution. Because when we take care of ourselves authentic, authentically, we're not making a bunch of have to, should, or need to decisions about our health. We feel responsible with our health. We feel excited, not resentful about it. We feel excited to take care of it and then show up in the world and express it with all of that abundance because our cup is just full and overflowing now. We're like, well, shoot. I mean, I've got so much to give now. I'm rested. I'm well taken care of. I've got nutrients. My body is able to move. I'm not inflamed. I feel good. I feel energetic. My brain is is firing. It's full of ideas and creativity. And there's so much that I feel like we could be doing. And we show up with that that abundant energy. And we see people struggling, and we're like, "Here, let me help. I've got I've got the energy." You know what? what do you, How can I show up? What can I contribute? What can I carry? What can I do? You know, we, instead of coming from this space of lack and resistance. So that's another benefit. Another benefit that we have here is that not only does the impact of authenticity on our health impact how we can show up in our life in all other areas, but also the authenticity itself spreads to other areas of our life. What I mean is this. When we learn to be authentic with our health authenticity begins to spread around to other areas of decision-making in our life. So not only do we have the benefit of having more authenticity in, in or authentically strong, vital, vibrant, healthy bodies that allow us to show up in all areas of our life differently, but we also learn the skill of making authentic decisions by aligning our decisions with life purpose, values, and sensitivities in all other areas of our life. This then impacts... I'm talking about areas like our career, our friendships, how we want to spend our time, how we want to spend our money, what ways we want, to, we want to contribute in our community around us. All of the decisions we make in those areas, authenticity spreads to them as well. It affects how we set up boundaries in our life and what those boundaries are. Authenticity put into practice becomes contagious to all other areas of our life. We begin creating an entire life of authentic choices for ourselves. And this is a massive benefit to making authentic decisions about our health. Now, another huge benefit, and I've talked about this before, but I want to bring it up here again. So many times when we talk about taking care of our health, it comes back to making decisions about the foods to eat or not to eat, things to drink or not to drink, decisions to go to bed at certain times, to get a good night of rest. These kind of decisions. These are, are, are some of the decisions that we make when it comes to how we want to show up and take care of our health. There are many, many, many others, but these are, are, are some of the bigger ones that a lot of us start to think about. We think about choices, about not participating in, in certain activities that could harm our authentic health. And so often, when these decisions are being made from an inauthentic place, we end up feeling these feelings of restriction, and deprivation. And I've talked about this before in this episode and in many, many others. But maybe here, when I I explain it this way, it hits home. When we start making decisions about our health from a place of authenticity, this completely changes. I mean, a 180 degree shift in change. Because it's no longer about what we shouldn't eat or do, or what we can't eat or do. Or what we have to eat or not eat. Restriction and deprivation, when we apply authenticity, transform into freedom and empowerment. You see, once authenticity is applied to the decisions we are making, then we are making them from a place of purpose and a place of values. Things that are important for us. Things that we want in our life. Things we want to create in our life. So instead of it being about what we should not do or cannot do or should not eat or cannot eat or what we have to eat, it becomes about what we don't want to do or eat or drink in order to accommodate the time we are prioritizing, the energy we are prioritizing into what we do want to be doing in our life. And I know this feels so confusing for so many people because many times when people come to me and we discuss this area of health decisions, what they think they want to be doing are these things, these these foods that they think are also causing them dishealth. They think that they want to be doing these things, eating these foods, drinking these drinks that are holding them back from creating the authentic health that they truly want. They see these things as having some sort of power over them that is making them want to do things that keeps them stuck. This is merely a belief or a thought, but it also will cause you to feel that way and then behave that way. But it's not necessarily the truth, not the whole truth. So when we think and believe this, we take actions that prove that to believe, belief to be true. That is how our brain operates. We have a reticular activating system, and we we believe something, we tell our brain to believe something, our brain goes about finding evidence for it, including by taking actions that will prove that belief to be true. But what happens if we look at it from a different perspective? And we see that this isn't the total truth, and therefore doesn't have to define or restrict us Or keep us stuck in these cycles of doing these things, eating these foods, drinking these drinks, taking these substances, buying these things that then have a consequence on the other side that pulls us further from our authentic wants. And see, this is the difference between true and false desire. And I did an entire episode on this in in my podcast, and you may want to go back and listen to that if, if you don't know what I'm talking about here. It's episode number 68, I believe, and the title is Genuine and True Desire. Episode 68, title Genuine and True Desire. Go back and listen to that if you want to hear a little bit more about the difference between true and false desires. Oftentimes, what happens is we have urges. Urges stemming from false desire where we have maybe used foods, used activities, used substances, used drinks to distract us from emotional pain or to avoid discomfort or to seek comfort and pleasure. These urges feel to the brain like we want them. But the reality is they are a response to an old programming in the brain. But remember that the brain is not us. If it was us, we wouldn't recognize our thinking. We wouldn't be able to look at our thinking. We wouldn't be able to recognize what it's doing. We wouldn't be able to observe ourselves. The brain is not us. It is a tool that we get to use. So it only controls us when we don't choose with intention to use it. These urges that feel like true wants stem from the brain's desire for comfort and certainty. Because to the brain's outdated and evolved wiring that that evolved from thousands and millions of years of programming, it still thinks that these urges keep us alive. But here's the thing. These urges come from a time where there was food scarcity. There was shelter scarcity. There was real threat to death out there, things trying to eat us, diseases that could kill us because we didn't have medicine against it. There was you know, times of, of, of famine where we didn't have enough food, where we might die. But here's the thing. In our modern world, It's actually creating the opposite of keeping us alive. It's keeping us from living. It's keeping people feeling stuck and like victims in their life. So they're not even living their life, even though they're quote-unquote alive. And it's keeping people stuck in behaviors of overindulgence that are actually ending that life sooner because of the overindulgence. And what we're doing is we're waiting around for the brain to do differently. But guess what? It won't. It has not yet evolved to do so. And guess what? How did the brain evolve to do what it does now? Because the people that lived before us thousands, millions of years ago that we evolved from chose to use their brains in a way that evolved it to how it is right now. So guess what? We now, now in this modern day, are the beings that get to use the brain for us in our modern environment. And teach it to evolve past its current stage of evolution. But what this means is that we have to begin to see that we get to use the brain as a tool. The tool that it is. Instead of allowing it to just run free and use us for its outdated purposes. Which is where I hear a lot of people saying, oh, but I want it. That's what I truly want. No, you're giving in to urges from the brain for its own old outdated purposes. You're allowing your brain to convince you of something. Instead of you deciding what it is that you truly want in your life, and then telling your brain, that's not going to get me there. That's going to have a consequence on the other side that pulls me away from where I actually want to be in my life. And I am not a victim to you anymore. But when we allow the brain to use us for its outdated purposes, we feel deprived. We feel restricted when we attempt to make decisions for our health. We feel this way because we're doing it in resistance to the brain. And on top of that, it is something we don't even understand that is going on. So we make these decisions because we should or have to or, you know, we, we need to. And then we feel that they're, they're against ourselves and what we want. Because we don't see that what's actually happening is these urges are just false desires. They're false, faulty programming in our brain that doesn't apply to the modern day. And yeah, it feels a little bit uncomfortable to feel that urge come up and not give in to it. But that's because we're we've not been taught to do that. We've not been taught to see that and see, oh, this is this is faulty programming. I don't have to follow that. And it doesn't just because it feels a little bit uncomfortable, it's because I'm unfamiliar with not just following the urge. It's not that I'm actually deprived or hurting. It's just unfamiliar for me to feel an urge and just be like, oh yeah, that's there, and then not do anything with it. We're not familiar with that programming, so we feel deprived, we feel restricted, we feel like we're harming ourselves because we're not giving in to every urge that the brain throws out when it's throwing its temper tantrum of feed me all the time because that's how I'm going to stay alive. The truth is, when we make authentic decisions about our health to not eat certain foods because we want something else in our life, it's not against what we want. It's not actually against anything. It feels scary to the brain, sure. But this is because the brain thinks that these decisions that we're making put us in danger. The brain thinks when we choose not to eat a certain food that it's giving us an urge to, that we're putting ourselves in danger. And so it throws its temper tantrum. It throws out, you know, thoughts, beliefs, and, and, you know, scares us into thinking we're going to die. Because the brain is wired to believe that food, safety, pleasure, and, and comfort are scarce. And that having more and more of them increases our chances of survival. But we know that this isn't actually true. This is an illusion stemming from a long time ago in which circumstances were very different. That strategy then helped people survive. The drive to seek comfort, certainty, and food, when it was scarce, increased chances of living. But now it does the opposite in an environment where food is always available. And it's more food than is healthy for us. And that's available to us. So we don't have to go against anything. We just need to understand what the brain actually wants. It wants to know that we are doing what is best for our survival. That's what the brain wants. And because we've been used to giving into urges all the time and, and giving into that old programming, the brain still believes, oh, that's that's the best strategy for survival. So yes, when we stop doing that, the brain's gonna throw a temper tantrum. Of course it will. Of course it will. It's like a kid when they're used to having candy all the time. Getting a lollipop every time they drive out of the, the bank drive through and then they don't get one one time. They throw a temper tantrum like they're about to die. Because they're like, ah, oh, this isn't what I'm used to. And they feel like their whole world is falling apart. But we know as an adult when we look at that, oh, they're going to survive. They'll get over it in just a minute. They'll stop screaming when they realize they're not dying for not having the lollipop. Our brain does the same exact thing, my friends. Our brain is that kicking, screaming kid in the back seat, thinking that because they didn't get the lollipop in the in the bank drive-through, that they think they're gonna die. That's our brain, and we can just look at him and be like, "Okay, I get. Yeah, okay. Have your temper tantrum. That's okay. That's okay. Scream, kick, whatever you need to do. Get it out of your system. Then let's let it go. We're moving on. We've got other things to focus on that are a little bit more important here. It's not about resistance. It's not about going against it. It's about recognizing that the brain is a little bit confused. Because its wiring is a little bit outdated. We've evolved our environment a lot faster than the brain can evolve. And we just need to recognize that, yes, the brain is going to throw temper tantrums in our modern environment because it's not actually adapted for this environment. But we want this environment. So guess what we have to do? We have that responsibility now to be those beings now that teach our brain to adapt to that. But we're not doing it. Because we think every time we make a decision to not eat a certain food, to not give in to an urge, that we're depriving ourselves, that we're depleting ourselves, that that we're restricting ourselves because we're not doing it for something that we authentically want. We're doing it from these inauthentic should, have to, need to ideas. So when we bring it back to authenticity and something that we truly want, we get to show the brain. We get to put the brain back into its role. And we get to make these decisions to not eat certain foods, to not participate in certain activities, to not drink certain drinks, not because we shouldn't or can't or have to choose not to, but because we have a clear picture of what is possible for us that goes beyond the urges of the brain, that goes beyond this old faulty wiring that's like, food all the time helps us survive. Comfort all the time helps us survive. We have a clearer picture beyond that. We see the brain for what it is and what it's doing, and we have a clearer picture of seeing wants, true wants, not urges from the brain. And we begin to explore possibility in our health decisions that we didn't even realize were possible before because we felt like it was restrictive or depriving or just too hard. We thought that we didn't have the willpower. But when we apply authenticity here, all of that transforms. Instead of these decisions coming from a place of deprivation and restriction, instead, these decisions come from a place of empowerment and genuine, true desire or want in our life. We're not resisting wants. We see urges for what they are. And instead, seeing more clearly what we truly want because we allow ourselves to see more of what is possible when we don't have to give in to the urges of the brain all the time. When we're not having to constantly feed those urges, so much more of life opens up to us. And health choices are no longer about resistance. They're about freedom and expansion to choose what we truly want in this life, not just the urges that we feel captive to when we let our brain convince us that we have to escape, that we have to seek comfort, that we have to seek indulgence, and and we have to seek certainty at all costs because that's going to keep us alive. But most of us are not even taught that this is an option for us. So we just stay feeling stuck in these patterns of letting our brain use us to create this illusion of constant comfort, constant indulgence and certainty, and that that's what we want out of life. Authenticity allows us to bring our decisions back to our values, back to our purpose, back to our sensitivities, and see that it's not about resistance. It's not about deprivation. It's not about restriction. It's about expansion. And freedom from those urges that are just old, faulty programming that no longer applies to our modern environment. And we begin to be able to see false desires much easier. And seeing these false desires for the urges that they are, the simple urges that they are, they're not bad, they're not wrong, they're not evil, they're just old programming that we don't have to follow anymore. It's kind of like, have you ever had on a computer where you have this like, you know, glitch in the system where a warning comes up, but there's nothing actually wrong with the computer. Maybe you took it to someone and diagnosed it and like, oh yeah, this is just, it, nothing is wrong with the computer. You can just click close when that, when that comes up, you know, it, it shows up, it's like something's wrong with your computer, but there's really nothing wrong with it. So you just click close. If you've ever had that happening on your computer, this is what's happening in your brain <laughs> pretty much. Just click close. It's okay. Just let it go. There's nothing wrong There's just a little bit of confusion in the software programming right now. And we have to reprogram the software by not clicking on the OK and following the urge and reprogram the software to not bring up that glitch anymore. But we're the beings that get to be in this time where we reprogram that software. It's what all humans before us have done, too. It's how they they programmed us to be able to survive in those times of scarcity. Thank God they they didn't give in to, you know, the desires for for constant certainty and instead gave in to, you know, uh, you know, taught their brains to reward them for going out and seeking food and facing danger to seek food. Otherwise, we would have never survived. That was their responsibility then. Our responsibility now, as the beings that have these brains that have evolved from that situation, is to recognize that the situation that we're in right now... The wiring for our brain doesn't maximize our potential, our possibility, and doesn't allow us to live our lives as fully in this modern environment. Because that old programming still tells us food is scarce, shelter is scarce, needing other people around us constantly is the most important thing because they're going to help keep us alive. All of this is just old programming that we have the responsibility to look at and be like, okay, yeah, okay, I get the desire here, but we have a new environment. We have a new way to fulfill that. And when we start applying authenticity, we open ourselves up to see those possibilities because making these decisions for our health is no longer about deprivation and restriction. It's about freedom and empowerment. So the last benefit that I want to talk about today is this. When we start applying authenticity to our health, we get all of these other benefits. It's no longer about restriction and deprivation. It's about freedom and expansion. And when all of this comes together, guess what happens? We become unstoppable. When our decisions are aligned with a why, not a what, or a should. When they are aligned with true desire, not false urges, or old programming in the brain. When we have this sort of alignment... Nothing that life can throw at us becomes a stopping barrier anymore. Instead, everything in life becomes an opportunity. An opportunity to learn and to deepen our connection between our decisions and our purpose and our values in life. Every circumstance in life becomes an opportunity to deepen our understanding of our own values and purpose in life and then sharpen the way that we show up to express it. And this means that circumstance literally never stops us. And I'm not a fan of using superlatives here, but in this case, I feel quite confident in using one. Literally nothing in life can ever stop us when we arrive at this space of using authenticity as the focus, as the starting point for our decisions. Only we can make the choice to stop. Nothing out there can make us do it. Not even death. And maybe that's a discussion for another time, so we won't get into that today. But yes, even death itself does not stop purpose and authenticity. Because they're not tied to what's. And this body that we care for is a what. It is a what. In this lifetime, it feels important to us because we're living in it. It's, it's how we express what we are. What's, it's what we express through is this body. But it is. It's, it's a container. It's an expression. And long after that body is gone, the why of our purpose is... And how we took care of that body, it lives on in the world around us in so many different ways. So we literally become unstoppable to any circumstance in life when we go back to authenticity. So my friends, authenticity makes us unstoppable in how we show up for ourselves in life, in the decisions that we make for our health, and so much more. I've talked with you all so many times about the importance of authenticity in other areas of life. And I think it becomes very easy for us to sort of compartmentalize our lives and believe that authenticity may be helpful in one area of life, but not in others. And I'm here to show you all that authenticity is at the center of every part of a life that is healthy and fulfilling. And I want to today and over the last three weeks, My goal here is to start showing people how this applies to one area where I see people applying authenticity so infrequently, and that is with our health. And I want to show people that we can apply it there and that it is so important for us to apply it there and stop overlooking that area of our life because of the old trauma that we have surrounding that because of how we've been taught to look at our health and how we've been taught to make decisions from deprivation, from scarcity, from restriction, from self-hate, and I'm hoping that over the last three weeks with this three-part series that you're beginning to see the importance of applying authenticity here in your life and how, how great of a tool and asset this will be for you and how it will open up so much opportunity for you in your life in so many other ways that are just like incalculable for how valuable they will be for your life. This is why I do the work that I do as a coach. I know that so many people, you know, underrate this kind of work and think it's not so important and they're so busy out there hiring coaches to show me how to make $10,000 a month and show me how what actions to take to do this and show me what foods and I'm here to tell you all I get that this, what I'm teaching here gets overlooked. It gets underrated. It gets swept under the rug and diminished by so much of what our society tells us is important today. But I'm here to tell you, this is the most effing important thing in life until it is the most important thing in life. Until we are focusing on this, we will just keep running in circles over and over and over and over again. So I'm here to tell you all, this is not something to be overlooked. It's not something to be overlooked. And it is something that we want to start applying to our life in the area of our health, especially. And I'm hoping that over these last three parts of this series that you're beginning to see that. I'm hoping this has also opened up some questions and curiosity for you all. Because guess what? There's, there's so much more we can talk about here. So much more that I can't fit into a three-part podcast series. I'm not even sure how many parts I would need to make to fit everything in because I'm also constantly, the more I look into this, the more I learn, the more it expands. So there's more and more of it out there that I don't even know about yet. And already what I know, I'm here to tell you all, it's it's the most important thing to look at. So stop thinking it's not valuable. Stop thinking it's you can just, wait, I'll get to that later. No, you won't get to it later because until you get to this, the rest of it doesn't matter. The rest of it is completely unimportant because it's all based on a lie. This is at the very center of everything you think you're chasing after and you keep overlooking it. So I'm hoping over this last three-part podcast series, I've opened up some questions. I've opened up some curiosity. I've opened up some awareness because there is so much more to talk about here. And there's also so much more to discuss here as far as how this is going to apply in each and every one of your individual lives. Because it will apply differently for everybody. But for now, I'm leaving this here. I'm leaving this here with the intention of creating awareness, opening doors to this conversation about health and how authenticity applies to it. So what I'm here to say for now, I'm here as a coach. I'm here for any one of my listeners that that has questions. I'm here for anyone who has listened to this and, and has begun recognizing over the last three weeks that authenticity hasn't been at the center of your health decisions. And maybe you want to begin making it the center. I'm here, and you can reach out to me through the links in the show notes, and I hope that you do, and I hope that you begin to see that this isn't something to be like, oh, maybe I'll get to that later. It's not really worth it right now. No, it's the most valuable thing for you to look at until you've looked at it, and that's not just me saying this because I am the coach. I am here to tell you. I applied this in my own life, and you can ask any client that has ever worked with me. Until you've looked at this, every other decision you're making in life, every action you're taking in life is, I want to say, worthless until it is centered around this and i'm here to support you and guide you and help you into being able to apply this authenticity at the center of your decisions with your health and how it transitions out into every other area of your life. so that's what i'm here for. for now, i'm going to just i'm going to wish you all a wonderful end to the rest of this week. i want to ask you to let authenticity become the focus, my friends. and remember that authenticity comes from a clear vision of true core values, life purpose, and sensitivities, not from what anyone else out there can tell you about what you should need to and have to believe. It comes from in you. So you want to get clear on those and then allow authenticity to be the focus of how you make your decisions in your life, including your health. I wish you all the most authenticity in your lives. The world needs more of us showing up from this energy. Okay, so get out there and start. I love you all and I'll see you here again next week. Ciao. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast, and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one on one, then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www. Dot dot C-H. You can also find me on social media, on Instagram at Sethlusk underscore coaching. Again, that is Seth Lusk underscore coaching. And on Facebook in my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group, and it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.